0: All right. Welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to talk about today on the show. A little bit later, we'll be joined by Chris Maselli of Locked On Avalanche to talk a little bit about the Devontae's deal, the A.J. Greer deal, and a whole lot more. So make sure you stick with us for that. The Islanders look like they may have reached a tentative agreement with Matt Martin to keep him on the island. And we've got a whole lot more to talk about, including our Islanders birthday of the day. If there's something Islanders related that's on your mind, make sure you contact us. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and happenings concerning the New York Islanders. All right, so a couple of things right now. The rumor going around is that there is some kind of a gentleman's agreement or a, agree, a an agreement nearly finished between Matt Martin and the New York Islanders, uh, Arthur Staple of the Athletic Basically tweeted out, hearing that UFA, Matt Martin, and the Isles are working toward a new deal. Believe as many as seven teams acquired about Martin when free agency began last week, but sounds like he wants to stay on the island. So, nothing signed as of yet, but it does look like Matt Martin wants to remain a New York Islander, and look, he went to Toronto, had a fall-off, really, I think, in his performance while he was with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, just didn't quite fit in as well as he did with the Islanders. And that unique chemistry that Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck have, really, this is, I think, the best place for his career, and we'll see. The Obviously, from an Islander standpoint, with the cap crunch being what it is, the Islanders cannot afford to pay Matt Martin a lot of money at this point, and this is probably his last big chance to make money. He is a fourth-line player. He is a, a, a useful fourth-line player, came up big in the playoffs, as we all know, and it just becomes a real question of fitting him in under the cap. You want Matt Martin, you want him back on what, two year deal three year deal, whatever the case may be, but you can't overpay and I think the Islanders you know we talk about that best fourth line in hockey, all three of those guys are very useful, very good, you know top of the line fourth line kind of players, but the part of the problem is that the islanders are paying a lot for that best fourth line in hockey relative to what other teams are playing are paying their bottom six forwards. And then you get into a situation where there may not be enough money to bring in another goal scorer and you end up making trades that you may not want to make. So a lot of that to consider. And it is an issue that the Islanders have to sort out realistically before all is said and done. Now, if you had a chance to listen to yesterday's show, we talked about some of the free agents that were still out there that maybe the Islanders would be interested in, well, another one of them is no longer available. The Ottawa Senators announced that they have signed forward Evgeny Dadanov. Uh It's a three-year, $15 million year, so that's a $5 million cap hit each year, Uh Dodonov will earn $3.5 million this season, $5 million in 2021-2022, and $6.5 million the following season as part of this deal. So the Senators signing Dodonov, he is no longer available, and you have to sort of take him off of your list. The big talk remains that Patrick Lanay of the uh, Winnipeg Jets, they're still looking to trade him, and whether or not the Islanders would be interested in Lanay and bringing him in, he certainly would solve their goal-scoring issue. The question with Patrick Lanay is, would he play enough defense to fit in to the system that Barry Trotz wants to play? If they can get him to buy in, he's young, he's super talented, He would, I mean, he's not on the level of a Mike Bossey, but he would give them that kind of a sniper, that 35, possibly even 40 type uh, goal a year player who can really take the offense to another level. But how you acquire him and fit him under the salary cap is going to be tricky to say the least, but again, less and less players available out there uh, for the Islanders to sign in free agency, and based on salary and everything else, as I've said before, I think we're really looking at trades as the number one way for the Islanders to improve their offense, and we'll see what Lou Lamorello is going to do. All right, we're going to come back. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day, and I will be joined by Chris Maselli talking about the deals, the two deals that the Islanders and Avalanche made recently, so more to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Folks, you know, if you're like me, you've tried a lot of different protein bars, but it's hard to eat them because they just have a weird aftertaste and a bad consistency. Well, that's not a problem anymore if you try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 delicious flavors, including these six new ones, Apple Almond Crisp, Carrot Cake, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cherry barcia, Cookies and Cream, and Caramel Brownie. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Try the peanut butter flavor. It has 19 grams of protein while giving you just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for our Islander's birthday of the day, and I want to wish a very happy 64th birthday. Wow, how did that happen? Saturday will be the 64th birthday for Islanders defenseman and Miracle on Ice member Kenny Morrow. Morrow, a native of Flint, Michigan, spent four seasons at Bowling Green University from 1975 to 1979, then played for the U.S. Olympic team and won the gold medal that shocked the world at Lake Placid back in 1980 then became the very first player to win a gold medal and a Stanley Cup in the same year when he joined the Islanders late in the 79-80 season and played the final 18 games for them and the playoffs. So, four straight Stanley Cups after winning that Olympic gold medal, an unbelievable run that I doubt has been matched ever since. Morrow really added a lot to the Islanders' defense. He was physical. He was 6'4", 205 pounds, not afraid to mix it up defensively, and really was able to shut down a lot of talented offensive players. Never scored more than five goals in an NHL season. 550 NHL games, all with the Islanders, 17 goals, 105 points. But he was clutch. And In the playoffs, he played an extra 127 games with the Isles, 11 goals and 33 points. And, you know, some of those goals were absolutely huge. The biggest one that most Islander fans of a certain age distinctly remember, the overtime winner in Game 5 of that opening round playoff series against the Rangers that kept the Islanders dynasty alive and was an extremely dramatic goal uh, that he got off of Glenn Hanlon. I interviewed Kenny Morrow for my book, Ice Wars. He gave some great insights into that goal and into the Islanders' uh, four Stanley Cup-winning teams and what made them tick, so uh, happy birthday to Kenny Morrow, always a big fan. Let's look at one of his bigger playoff games. We'll go to May 14th. 1983 at the Nassau Coliseum, game three of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers. Islanders already up two to nothing in the series. Andy Moog, the goaltender for the Oilers, Billy Smith in between the pipes for the Islanders. In the first period, in the last seconds of the period, Anders Kaller breaks the ice, gives the Islanders a one nothing lead. His third of the playoffs from Mike Bossy and Kenny Morrow at 1941. After one period, it was the Islanders one and the Oilers nothing in what really was a must-win game for Edmonton. In the second period, Bob Bourne off for hooking 54 seconds in. Yari Curry evens the game with a power play goal for the Oilers. His seventh from Wayne Gretzky at 105. After 40 minutes, it was a one to one. Hockey game, but the Islanders break it open with two quick goals early on in the third period. First, Bob Bourne, his eighth of the playoffs from Stefan Pearson and Dave Longevin at 5'11", And then a minute 10 seconds later, Kenny Morrow. His fourth of the playoffs from Brian Trace and Anders Keller. Then it was three-to-one Islanders. Dwayne Sutter added a goal at 1643. His ninth of the playoffs from brother Brent Sutter and Bob Bourne. And then With Dave Hunter in the box for holding, Brent Sutter closes out the scoring with his 10th goal of the playoffs. Dennis Potvin and Dwayne Sutter get the helpers at the end of the day. The Islanders skate away with a solid 5-1 win in this game. They take a 3-0 lead in this series on their way to their third straight Stanley Cup. Billy Smith, 33 saves to earn the victory. A lot of multiple-point Islanders, including Kenny Morrow, who had a goal and an assist and was a plus-two. Brent Sutter, leading all Islanders players with five shots on goal, followed by Bob Bourne, who had four. All right, right now we are going to turn our attention to my conversation with Chris Maselli, who uh, hosts Locked On Avalanche. I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation as we discuss the two deals that these two teams have made recently.
1: All right, and we are back with Locked On Islanders host Gil Martin. Gil, how's it going today, sir?
0: It's going well. How about you?
1: I'm doing all right. So, uh, yeah, Islanders and Avalanche were kind of pretty good friends in this
0: uh,
1: truncated offseason and deals were made by them multiple times so I guess are you satisfied with them are you you wishing the Islanders maybe got more are you wishing they didn't make one of these deals like what's your just on these deals specifically uh where's your take on what the Islanders got
0: well look uh (laughs) as far as getting a pair of second round picks for Devon Taves I, I can't say I'm disappointed about what they got in return, I guess most Islander fans were more disappointed that it was Taves who got traded, uh, mainly because the Islanders really wanted to keep him if they could, but he was arbitration eligible. So, you know, with the Islanders being up against the cap, as are so many teams right now because of uh, COVID and the cap remaining flat, uh, you know, Lula Morello felt like he had to control costs a little bit more and the avalanche apparently wanted Taves a little bit more than some of the other defensemen the Islanders would have preferred to trade and mm. and there you go. So disappointed that Taves was traded but not disappointed with the the fact that look the Islanders needed to restock their high draft picks after the Peugeot and Green trades that they made at the trade deadline and obviously need to free up some cap space so that part right. of it didn't bother me but losing Taves wasn't the best
1: and uh, you know I'll, I'll ask you about his game uh momentarily but but what yeah because he is headed to arbitration right what what was he looking at i mean what did he make last year if you can if you remember and and, and what do you think his asking price or what he could receive in arbitration could be, because that's where the Avalanche are headed, obviously, with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he made seven hundred thousand last year, which was uh, wow. I
1: didn't know it was that low. Man. Yeah,
0: it's a great value for, yeah. the, for the team. Uh, And you know, look, he's like a thirty to thirty-five point a year defenseman if you prorate what he did this past year. I, I would say he's going to go for somewhere between two and a half and three and a half million this year if he. Uh, if he does okay in arbitration. I mean, the, the numbers are there. Uh, the, the, the points are there. Uh, he has versatility. He's 26 years old. He's right in the middle of his prime, mm-hmm. a little bit of a late bloomer. I mean, spent three seasons at Quinnipiac university and then uh, three, well, two and a half years down at the uh, AHL level. But in the one and a half seasons that he spent with the Islanders, has really come on and, and it's been great to watch his game develop over the last year and a half.
1: And do you, I mean, I mean, two, two and a half to 3 million, like is though, is that the dire straits that the, the Islanders are in right now where that's tough to afford?
0: Yeah, it, it kind of is. The Islanders have <laughs> about $8 million in cap space left and they had three restricted free agents who they needed to resign. One of them was Taves, uh ryan pulak was the second and and then obviously matt barzal the yeah. third and barzy's going to take up the whole you know close to if not all of that eight million in space
1: you would think right A-
0: and then you need to you know the islanders big need really was to get some more goal scoring i think they were 23rd or 24th in the league in goals scored and to improve the power play and you know they need to clear out a good amount of cap space to get you know bars signed and then to add another offensive piece to the puzzle unfortunately you know goal scorers don't come cheap
1: yeah no not at all definitely not so tell me like what he you know specifically taves what he can bring to the avalanche where where did where does it where's his game you know, what did it do well for the Islanders that can translate to the avalanche style of, of play?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, any player on the Islanders playing under Barry Trotz has got to take care of business in their own zone. That's a, that's a given. And and Taze is pretty consistent in his own zone. Uh, as he developed, you know, he had a little habit of, of getting caught up when he pinched a little bit too much, but that, happened less and less as the uh, seasons progressed and he got more experienced. And, you know, every once in a while, a defenseman is going to get caught trying to keep the puck in the offensive zone. Uh, But it happened less and less. over the course of the last year and a half, he's going to add, you know, like 30 to 35 points of offense. He can contribute on your second power play unit. He's got decent size at six, one, about a buck 95. And, you know, he is, Developing into a smart, consistent second pair defenseman right now, who's just starting to enter his prime. So yeah, not someone the Islanders wanted to get rid of. And I think he'll be a very strong asset for yeah. the abs next season.
1: And I was gonna ask you that. What which pairing did he play on for the it was the second pairing or was he, it? He
0: was mostly on the second pairing. I mean, okay. he he could step up to the top pairing if needed, uh, but realistically he was in the three, four pairing. Most
1: okay. Reasons. All right. And power play, you met, you touched on that. He was relied upon on, on the second unit, more or less on, for, for their power play.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he was going to see time on the power play, it was more second unit stuff. Okay. But he has a decent shot. Nothing. uh You know, it, it's not like he's going to win the hardest shot competition, or the right. most accurate shot competition, but you know, look last year, six goals the year before five, two goals in the playoffs. Uh, you know, his shot is not uh, – it's not bad. It's right. just not, uh, you know, all-star caliber kind
1: right, of Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's, you know, what the Avalanche were going for because, uh, like I said in the show yesterday with Jack from uh, the Blackhawk show and, and getting uh, Brandon Saad, like the, the second unit power play for the Avs was just – you knew they that you weren't gonna get much out of them. Um, and I think that's kind of was it seems like it was a point of emphasis to get good players just straight up and then guys that can help on that second unit power play. And it seems like they've kind of heard addressing that with with Saad and with Taves. So hopefully we're headed in the right direction for that aspect.
0: We'll be back with more of my conversation with Chris Maselli of Locked On Avalanche. In just a moment, stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast.
1: Uh, The other deal that the two teams made, A.J. Greer went your way. Kyle Burrows went our way. Yes. Anything you got on him that's promising?
0: Uh, he's, you know, that I looked at as a depth move for both organizations. I I think, you know, Burroughs is is the kind of guy who will be an all-star at the AHL level, but is not really, he's like a quadruple A kind of a player. He's a little too good for the AHL, but not quite good enough to consistently make the lineup in the nhl All
1: right. and they don't have a league for those guys unfortunately
0: <laughs> no they don't and and now with the way they handle veterans in the ahl they kind of limit them
1: yeah
0: uh, so yeah he he's getting to the point where he's going to become you know a, a, a guy without a role unless he can really establish himself as one of those uh veteran ahl guys who uh who is a leader and wears you know the c or the a on a sweater and, and gets the job done i mean All look right he's 25 years old okay right now uh, you know not great offensively but consistent he'll put up you know 15 to 25 points a year depending on his health he's pretty rugged he he'll'll he'll play a physical game uh, you know six feet a little over 200 pounds so he's got you know good size even if he's not the tallest guy in the world okay uh, as a defenseman but <laughs> really more of a, a, a of a great ahl player and a fringe nhl player
1: and it's so funny that that's how you've described both of those guys coming over this way because that you know the the avalanche were just decimated with injuries last year and you know did very well despite those injuries so they called up a lot of guys so you know the two things that you had touched on you know second unit power play and a, a you know pretty good I, I dare to say, like, I don't want to say dominant, but uh, excellent AHL player that can come up if called upon. Right. Seems like that's who he is.
0: Yeah, more All or right. less. Uh, that, that's what, uh, what, right. what is with AJ Greer? I mean, drafted <laughs> in the second round, but yeah. he doesn't seem to be, doesn't seem to be taking that next step to really establish himself as an NHL player. What, what is holding him back at this point?
1: I wish I had an answer for that, man. And maybe this could be one of those things where he just needs a, a change of scenery, but it's so weird because they, they've called him up. Uh, and when he, when, when he comes up, he doesn't really do a heck of a lot. And then as soon as they send them back down, it's like, he's, you know, Wayne Gretzky's offspring or something like that. Like he does very well. He's almost how you explain Burroughs is kind of like A.J. Greer. He, he's a, he's an excellent player at that level of the AHL. I just don't know what happens when he comes up to the big time, and it's just I don't know if nerves get involved, if it's just too fast for him, if if it takes him a while to kind of get, get going, and by the time he's comfortable, he's going back down. Right. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know what the plans are for him in the Islanders. If it's, Hey, we're like, look, kid, we're going to, you know, throw you in on on the pro level and you're going to be there and just, you know, we'll grow with you and, you know, we'll go through the bumps with you. Maybe he can like start to flesh it out because he can score. He's a good scorer, but it just, for whatever reason, when you bring him up, it just goes away.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, big guys, he's six foot three big power forward types usually take a little bit longer to develop because Mm. physicality is a part of their game. And, you know, when you're in college or in juniors, you could be physical against 17 and 18 year olds. You try to do that against grown men at the NHL level who have higher skill and bigger and stronger. It takes a little while for your body to catch up to that style of play. Do, Do you think that's part of the reason? that we haven't seen more in the NHL from Greer so far.
1: It could be. That's a very good point. I mean, cause, cause he's a, he's a big bodied guy. Like you said, it was six. Uh, what was he? Six, one, six, six, eight, three 210 is what it's Two ten. Yeah. Two ten. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think at that level, he might be, you know, a little bit bigger than the other guys. And then when he gets up to the NHL, they're kind of, they might not, you know, he kind of evens out with the guys that are at the NHL level. Right. Um, and he's like, Oh, what I'm doing in the NHL doesn't work against these guys for some reason. Exactly. So yeah, I, I just think he needs to, I think he could be a pretty good player if he's just given a longer opportunity. It just wasn't there for Colorado. They have too many assets and he wasn't going to, he, he, he's not that guy that could really break through Uh, that roster that they have out on the ice right now. It just wasn't going to happen for him. So, and I'm almost positive. Like he has kind of a bit of an attitude off the ice. I, I, I well, I say that and I've read, I've read things where he's, he's very like involved in the community, mm. uh, but got into like this crazy bar fight or something. I think it happened in New York, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh, lovely. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Bad things always happen in New York at two in the morning. Um but I, I don't know. I didn't really read too much into it. I mean, stuff like that happens. I I don't. I'm not saying he was like to blame or anything, but um, so he's got he's got kind of a a mean streak in him if he if called upon. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, the 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 two second rounders that the Islanders got from the Avs that, let's see, I'm looking at their draft picks right now. So that's their own, for next year, that's their only second round draft pick. Right. See. Okay. Do you wish that it, they were, I mean, if the season goes for the Avalanche the way that I hope it goes and people expect it to go, probably going to be later round picks. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you, do you care about that? Or do you, do you look at the way the draft went this past year and say, that's fine. We're going to get a good guy, at, even if it's at the end of the second round.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, in my mind, those two second round picks, you have two options with them from an Islanders perspective. Either you replace the two second round picks you dealt away. They had no first or second round pick in this year's draft, the Islanders. Mm. Or, you know, if everyone's looking to free up cap space, maybe you throw in a pick like that in order to entice someone to take, you know, a hike. salary off of your hands and free up some cap space so okay. e- either you use that pick and you know that's an asset that's definitely a second round pick has a lot of potential or you throw it into a trade and and help somebody else sort of uh you know take, yeah. take someone off your hands and free up some uh some space to bring in somebody else
1: right because I'm, I'm just on cap friendly right now looking at their their uh contracts they've got some hefty contracts man that's yeah <laughs> i don't have to tell you that you, you probably <laughs> looked at this ten thousand times uh wow 12 fords are soaking up 47 million plus that's hefty are yeah. they i mean what do you think the next moves are for you kind of alluded to it earlier but realistically what do, who do you think is the next person to go for for the islanders
0: the rumor is that that johnny boychuk is the next man to be traded and that would free up a lot of cap space i mean mm. when garth snow acquired uh, nick letty and johnny boychuk those were great acquisitions and he signed them to extensions but it, especially for boychuk he's a good guy he's a good hockey player but they're paying him like johnny boychuk of 5 years ago rather yeah. than johnny boychuk of 2020
1: right right and i got to ask you Cause he's, he's our old netminder. Uh, Semyon Varlamov found his way to the Islanders. You gotta be happy with him, right?
0: Yeah, no, he had a, he had a pretty darn good season and a very good playoff. And look, no way the Islanders reached the conference final without the contributions of Varley. So yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> definitely happy with the way he produced this year.
1: All right. Good, good. Um, yeah, man, I think, uh, I think they were. It was one of those deals, especially the the you know, the bigger one with the two draft picks and Taves. Uh, it seemed like both teams made out on that, and it seems like, uh, it, or I guess it, it remains to be seen because we don't know who the Islanders are going to get in those draft picks. But for for what the Islanders are up against, um, I, I you know I was impressed. Joe Sakic kind of sought this out. There was another deal apparently on the table. With uh, his name escaped me on the Panthers, I believe that uh, they were going to make a deal, and then this Islanders thing came up and they went with that instead. So, I think this was a, a, a kind of a brilliant move by Joe Sackick to seek out a team that's in the financial straits the Islanders are in, much like Tampa Bay is in right now. Um, and this is the kind of like the nature of the beast. Do you feel like you might be up against this thing because with the flat cap, do you think you're going to be going through this again next year?
0: Uh, you know, that depends. And look, one thing I have learned over time is that I don't doubt Lou Lamarillo and he will find a way uh, mm-hmm. to, to get the team under the cap and bring in, you know, to, to execute the plan he wants to execute. Now trading Taves was obviously not his first choice, but right he'll make it work he'll he'll find a way and whether it takes one move two moves four moves he'll find a way
1: okay and how is their ahl team is it who who is their ahl team
0: the bridgeport sound tigers and they were last in their division and uh not not a great uh season in bridgeport right now no
1: so nobody that they're that they could call up to kind of replace somebody for on the cheap really
0: Uh, a couple of guys uh Kiefer Bellows uh was a former number one pick Oliver Wallstrom is a former number one pick some guy named AJ Greer now I think (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah I mean they're not exactly brimming with NHL ready talent right now let's put it that way
1: so but but could it be something where it's like hey we have no other options we're gonna throw you in there kid do what you can
0: or, Could be. They, yeah, a couple of injuries hit, and I think that is exactly where they'll be, right? So, yeah,
1: okay, all right. Well, uh, I, I always like to see, you know, even, even though they're no longer avalanche players, I, I do kind of like just you know, check the stats every once in a while to see how those former players are doing. So, uh, I, I do, I hope he gets a shot. I, I, it seems like he might, and the way that you know, injuries are happening, may, he might get a better shot with the Islanders than he did with. The avalanche. So he's capable. Um and yeah, if they give him a chance, maybe he could surprise you. I can't guarantee you anything, but uh y- you never know with some of these guys. Like I said, maybe they just need a change of scenery and a team that they can break through with. Maybe it's the islanders. We'll see.
0: We'll find out.
1: I guess so. So all right, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh good luck the rest of the way. And however the islanders are gonna navigate this and uh yeah appreciate you coming on the show
0: hey uh, thank you for having me a uh, pleasure to talk to you and uh good luck to the abs this thank afternoon.
1: you thank you so much where can people find you if they want to follow you on the social media world
0: uh okay well we, you could follow the show at locked on Isles, and you could follow me at ice wars n-y-r-v-s-n-y-i uh, ice wars is the title of the book i wrote on the rangers islanders rivalry and uh that was a lot of fun to do so that's awesome uh, That's where you could follow me. I love it, man. And how about you?
1: Yeah, I am on, uh, for the show, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. And if you wanted to follow my personal one, it's too long to say it. It's ridiculous. Uh, Just go to the L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche and then in the profile is my personal Twitter if you want to follow me on that. But I don't do too much on there anyway, so.
0: All right, that's going to do it for us on this weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. want to thank... Chris Micelli of Locked On Avalanche for joining us and talking about these last two deals that the Islanders and the Avs have made. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Follow us on Twitter. If anything breaks over the weekend, we'll certainly let you know. And we'll be back Monday with another new show. Remember, we're here five days a week, Monday through Friday, with a new show with plenty of the most in-depth Islanders analysis, that you'll find anywhere. Stay safe, have a great weekend, and of course, let's go Islanders!